Isaiah chapter 9, um, just the first few verses, that's on page 694 in the Church Bibles. I'll be reading it from large print. A great proclamation from Isaiah, who starts by saying, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government... And peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Martin, for reading that, and thank you, Joe, for your prayers. Uh, please do keep your Bibles open at that point in Isaiah. Um, but before we start, let me pray for God's help. Father, please help me to speak your truth tonight, and help my words encourage us, all of us, to walk more closely with you. Help us see how this prophetic passage points so clearly to the story of Christmas, of your coming to earth as a child, and that you are the everlasting and righteous ruler over all creation. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, my job as comms director with Serving in Mission International takes me to some interesting parts of the world. It's not too surprising because SIM is a Christian mission agency that helps send gospel workers to more than 70 countries across the globe. Last month I, was in, I had six days in South Africa at a gathering of our global leadership team. The place we stayed in was very remote indeed, about four hours north of Johannesburg, up towards the borders with Botswana and Zimbabwe, in a region called Limpopo. The conference centre was at the end of a very long dirt road. The nearest town was 55 kilometres away. A bit of a problem if you forget to buy the milk. It's only when you get to a place like this and go out at night do you truly appreciate 
quite how dark darkness can be. Darkness has a strange effect. I must admit, I was scared as I walked back to my room in the pitch black every evening. I heard all the noises in the undergrowth, and knowing there were hippo, crocodile and buffalo in the nearby game park, assumed the worst. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to get to my room, lock the door and switch the lights on. Well, our passage tonight is about people who move from darkness to light, leaving the danger of the night and moving towards the safety of the light. The Bible is full of references to darkness and light. Darkness is associated with evil and harm, light with goodness and security. To understand these few verses and how they relate to Christmas, which, may I remind you, is only two weeks away, we need to know something of the man who wrote them. Isaiah was a prophet, and not just any old prophet, but one of the great, some might say, the greatest Old Testament prophets. Now, a prophet is someone who's been given a special revelation from God. They see how God will work in the future, give people an understanding of God's purposes. The prophet has a dual role, explaining both the current situation and what the future holds. Now, most Bible scholars reckon that Isaiah wrote this passage sometime in the second half of the 8th century BC, before Christ, just at about the time Assyria was invading and conquering Israel. The Assyrians came down from the north, through the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali, which are in northern modern-day Israel, took over the whole land. It was obviously a time of deep distress and uncertainty, not unlike the horror engulfing a similar part of the Middle East right now. In the back half of chapter 8, Isaiah speaks into that. He berates the people of Israel for turning their backs on God in the face of the invasion. These are the people who are, as he says in verse 2 of chapter 9, our passage, walking in darkness. Isaiah also says this is not the end of the story. In verses 1 to 5, he reveals that God will ultimately save his people. He's looking forward to a better time. Look at verse 1. In the past, he, that's God, humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. So Isaiah is prophesying what is to come. He's not specific about the time, but he's very specific about the place, about what the impact will be, and about who will be responsible. The place is Galilee. <coughs> Whoever is going to achieve all this comes from Galilee, which is, like Zebulun and Naphtali, in northern Israel. And the impact is incredible. If you look at the, these verses, you'll see that in verse 2, people move from darkness to light. In verse 3, their nation is enlarged and made more joyful. <clears throat> in verses 4 and 5, their enemies are utterly and completely defeated. Well, those words might get you thinking that the person who will achieve all this 
is someone like Russell Crowe in Gladiator, or a great military commander like Genghis Khan or Napoleon. You could not be further from the truth. Look with me again at verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The saviour of God's people is not a mighty warrior. He is a tiny newborn baby called Jesus. He would be born about 700 years after Isaiah wrote these words. Born not in a palace, but in a stable. Born not into a military family, but to an unmarried virgin going out with a humble carpenter. Born not in the full glare of publicity like a modern royal child, but welcomed into the world by a few grubby shepherds and some animals. This baby is no ordinary child. Now the event we will celebrate on December the 25th marks the crucial turning point in world history. It is the moment God comes to earth in human form. It is the moment light starts to come back into the world. Isaiah has no doubt that the coming birth of Jesus is a seismic event. Look at the four titles he gives this child. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. They paint an amazing picture of the newborn Jesus. He is our wonderful counsellor. We can turn to him when we are in the darkness and have nowhere else to turn. He can comfort us when we are stressed and when we are distressed. Our God knows us intimately. He is our mighty God. Isaiah is telling us that Jesus is God. He is fully, completely God, yet also fully, completely human. Our God is mighty in his ability to save us. When we are caught in the darkness of sin, he is mighty to save. He is our everlasting Father. A strange word to use about a newborn. But confirmation again that Jesus was God then, was God when he came to earth, is still God now, has always been God, and will always be God. When the darkness of death threatens us, we can turn to Jesus. As part of his family, there is light, the hope of everlasting life. He is our Prince of Peace. Jesus' purpose is peace. He offers hope and reconciliation with God and so with one another to all who trust in him. One day he will return and bring peace in the new creation where there will be no war, no bloodshed, no tears. When we are in the darkness of human wrongdoing, our own and those around us, we can turn to Jesus for forgiveness and a future of peace. So the birth of Jesus marks this amazing moment in the history of the world. Light comes into the world and pushes back the darkness. You've already had this verse up there today, but here it is again. That's what Jesus says about himself. 
in the book of John. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isaiah could see this moment coming. He has no doubt about the impact it will have. But the question we must answer is what impact should it have on us? How does the birth of Jesus affect the way we live in 21st century Britain? When I look around the world and see the terrible things being done in Israel and Gaza, or in Ukraine, or in countless other conflicts, or when I see the suffering of those caught in famines, in droughts, or other natural disasters, or when I see the greed and complacency of those with more than they will ever need, when I consider the darkness in my own heart, it would be very easy to lose hope, both for the world and for me. (coughs) To believe that the world and my life are both destined for eternal darkness. But the birth of Jesus gives us hope. No matter how bleak things may seem, how much harm human beings are inflicting on each other, or the mess in my own life, the birth of Jesus in that dark, dingy stable is the dawn of hope and light to the world. Because Jesus comes to rescue the world and to rescue me and you. That light shines still because Jesus is alive today. Yes, we know he was crucified on the cross and that he had to die in order to pay the price for humanity's rebellion against God. But the crucial thing is that he rose again. He conquered death and is today seated at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us. Through his life, death and resurrection, he offers all of us hope of changing our darkness into light through his forgiveness. Hope of a better time to come, of a better world where there is no war, no pain, no suffering. On Christmas Day, I'm sure most of us will celebrate by unwrapping presents and attacking mountains of food. How can we do that when there is so much darkness in the world and within us? Well, this is not just willful escapism or an attempt to forget all about the darkness. No, it's a recognition that Jesus brings hope, brings light into the world. A light which chases away the darkness. And that is something worth celebrating. Jesus is the light of the world and he offers all of us true and everlasting hope. Let's give our life to Jesus and joyfully become part of his kingdom of light. Understanding the dawn of hope and offering comfort to those in darkness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the light of the world, that you are a wonderful counsellor, a mighty God, our everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We thank you that you came into the world as a helpless babe and that you came to die for us. Amid the joy of Christmas, help us to remember the hope you give us and that we should share that hope with those who do not know you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.